If it's done right the first time, you don't have to redo it. If you get Pete's concrete to pour your driveway, you don't need a repeat. When your patio is a PDO, you don't need a repeat. When Pete's concrete fixes your sidewalk, all it takes is once. You don't need a repeat. And if your basement leaks, a Pete's repair helps avoid a repeat. Get it done right the first time with the colors and textures you want so you don't have to redo it. For concrete, you can choose Pete's or repeats. Pete's Concrete. Welcome to the Two Mutts Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. <laughs> Rick Wide, here's Radulov with a chance. Scores! One timer, scores! Perry scores! Tory Perry! Here's Drysdale again, turn, shoots, scores! Austin Matthews in shoots, Austin Matthews! Schultz ahead, Crosby onside behind the fence toward the net, he scores! Back across, fired, score! Crosby again! Tange with a shot, he scores! Tange shoves in front, they score! Jonathan Tange ties it! Look at that! Are you watching this? What a brilliant piece of work from Connor McDavid! Wow. Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast, presented by Shadowfly Barbershop. Uh, Vandy just uh, ruined my intro here. He's getting me going. He's all fired up uh, tonight. So we are uh, we are we are back, and the boys are back in town. That was what Vandy is saying because Trevor, the legend, Rupper, is back. Rupp Tash, the legend. Let's pump the brakes. On the uh, he's a beaut. He's a beaut. Anytime you get Rupper back on the pod, it's always a good one. It's. Uh, Rupper, how's it going, man? How are things? <laughs> well, I really need to take an Ativan or two. Um, I with Stoffer just joining us there. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I was in a master's uh, class of trigonometry, mathematics. I, I honest <laughs> to Christ, like I am wound up like a top. He was pumping off percentages and numbers and <laughs> fractions and. I honestly, I need a breath. I don't even know what my head's spinning, the room's spinning. I need a smoke, and I don't even smoke. <laughs> yeah, uh, our guest, as Rupper said, for anyone that's, that's just tuning in now, uh, the legend uh, Bob Stoffer, uh, good friend of the pod, always willing to help out when we're in a pinch, and uh, he is. Uh, he was our guest today on the podcast, and we'll get to that interview very shortly. And our other co-host, he's back. He's in the mix. He's ready to go um, off of some uh, fresh championships this year. Good season for him and the kids. But uh, Clay Vanderham. Vandy, how's it going? And Vandy is dandy. The, uh, the best part of the year. The first round of the playoffs. Hockey on every night. It's uh, it's great. Yeah. yeah, what Rump was saying. Stoffer. Like, What's he in a pretzel, eh? <laughs> like, mind-blowing. Yeah, there's but, no um, Yeah, let's get at her. Yeah, like so, how are you, Boston? Where are you? I'm, I'm at work right now. We uh, recorded a good podcast with a good friend last night uh, just on some mental health stuff. And uh, so we'll kind of publish that here throughout the week. Uh, a girl named uh, Phaedra, uh, she's a part of this uh, class that I'm doing to uh, get better, getting better nice. shape and all that. Nice. So kind of cool. Abiani, a good friend of mine too. He's uh, his Alpha Omega V uh, class here in camp, so it's really cool. Every second night they put it on. Unfortunately, I can't make it tonight as we're recording, but uh, the preview show, so everything's rolling, rolling, rolling. And, and we're missing Brody. Rumor has it the two of you were out last night, and what yeah, Brody is? Uh, you you didn't you send out an invite? Uh, it looks like yeah. you got an upper body injury. Who 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 is gonna come out? Are you guys gonna come out to St. Albert? Hey, you never know, man. I may, I may have. Bosco would have had to fly there, but yeah, exactly. um, his oldest, his oldest boy was at uh, um, a spring camp for Fort Mac, and Fort Mac held it actually at Service Place. So, right on. My my wife was down in uh, Airdrie with my oldest. He's uh, yeah. He was in a little camp there with some buddies, and my youngest had had a sleepover so i i said i broads i meet you at service we had a few beers and watched his oldest boy run a mock out there is awesome oh boy turner good job good job 
All right. Well, with the Stoffer interview, we we dove really deep into the Edmonton Oilers, so we won't really go back into that because it's just everything that we would say now is just what we're saying there. So we'll shift gears. We'll do a, a little bit of a, a preview to the playoffs, uh, and then we'll finish off with the Oilers one with Stoffer. He kind of touched on a few other things as our final predictions are. But uh, we'll throw it to you, Vandy, first. Uh, you know, what's your thoughts on the series that we're going to see with the Carolina Hurricanes and the Boston Bruins? What is uh, that matchup intrigue? Yeah, I mean, uh, you're going to need uh, – you're going to see how deep Carolina is. Um, I mean, uh, Boston's got experience um, without looking – completely into it i mean carolina should walk in this but i mean when when people ask you know what what series is are you looking forward i always like the one versus eight just because it's always nice to root for the underdog but i don't know i think carolina's too strong here i i think they're everything from goalie out versus boston i know boston's got some punch up front and, and Bob's going to talk about it too, but I think they're heavily reliant on a one line. Maybe I could be wrong, but I think Carolina runs away with this. Yeah. Carolina, you know, obviously the season series, three, nothing, seven, one, and then six, nothing in the three matchups. Definitely uh, did a number on the Bruins. Bruins pretty much. Yeah. Like you say, look at it, one goal and three games against Carolina. Obviously that would be interesting to see if that trend continues in the playoffs. Isn't that, uh, would you see that being the case there, Rupper? Uh, you know, you're a big fan of that kind of hockey. You, uh, you'd you be a Rod Brendamore type of kind of player, but uh, your thoughts on the Carolina Hurricanes versus the Boston Bruins? Well, I mean, season stats are season stats, but this is the playoffs, and Boston's deep. <clears throat> they got tons of Stanley Cup experience, Stanley Cup champions. I just, I don't know. I picked Carolina to go to the Cup final this year. I just... There's something about that team, that building, those fans, the coach. Um, you know, they just – it's hard hats and lunch buckets for a lot of those guys, right? Yeah. You know, you got you got the Martin Oops. It's just from, from you know, the back end out. I just – I don't know. That's why I pick them. I just – I got something. It's something in the water out here in St. Albert maybe that I'm drinking. It's cleaner. <laughs> it's more purified. <laughs> I'm just a little bit zenned on Carolina to come out of the East and make it to the cup final. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one to say that, it, you know, they got a good team. They got a good structure. Um, we'll see what their goaltending looks like. That could be the, uh, the biggest factor right now uh, going in if Anderson's healthy and uh, they got Ranta as their backup. So, you know, the Bruins, you can really never count them out, but definitely going with a new regime in net. Well, who do they got in nets? Wayman? Schwayman and yeah, yeah, you uh, and Omark, yeah, Omark, yeah. So those are their two guys. So um, you know that would be interesting too to see how back if they go back and forth, who they really love. Yeah, who is the number one there? Yeah, I would say they're really sold on on Swayman for sure. He's the future in my opinion. But you know, Omark got that big contract this year, right? Well, we for some reason we always get their games here, and it's always Swayman playing. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll shift gears to the Penguins versus the Rangers. Uh, this this matchup is going to be pretty interesting to see. Uh, the Penguins won their the first the first game in the season series one nothing. Uh, Rangers won five one game two game three. Rangers won three two, and then the Rangers won three nothing to close out the season series. Again, those are just stats that you can uh, you can look at going into playoffs. Everything's a pretty much a clean slate. Uh, I'll go to you, Rupper, on this one first. Uh, your thoughts on the. Uh, the, this matchup and what intrigues you the most in this matchup? Well, I'm, I, I'd love to see Sid's, I think, nine. I'm going to pull a Bob Stoffer out of the hat here. I think <laughs> Sid's like nine points away from 200 career playoff points. Yep. Yep. I, is that correct? Yep. Yeah. So, that doesn't win your series, though. No, no, I get it. But, I mean, you can't count him out, right? Yeah. He's... <sighs> You know, we could sit here and debate about who's the best player in the NHL over the last whatever years. And, you know, he could be at the top of the list for 90% of the people, right? So I can't count him out, but you could have the – and he's going against probably is – I don't even know how to say his name, the goalie. Shazerkin? Yeah. He's, 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 yeah. 
he's probably going to win the Vesna. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I would say, I would say that. I would have to say, right? So yeah. that I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not, you know, King Henrik was there for a lot of years, but. Man, have they got spoiled though, eh? Richter, Hendrick, now it's yeah, just I, I, yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know. Flip a coin in that series. I, I just, I'd love to see Sid get out of that series and and break the, or not break a record, just join the club. Yeah. Um. But who knows? I, it's just that's probably the tightest series for me to call. To be quite honest, I know the Boston Carolina one could be tight too. Yeah. But that that one, I think you know, is probably the closest. Yeah. Your thoughts on this series, uh, Vandy? Yeah, well, I, I I mean, at the trade deadline, I, I thought the Rangers made some um, quiet additions to the team, you know, with Top and, and the other players they did. So I, I like them. I'm going straight off basically what Trev said is, is uh, I'm going with Sydney and the boys. I, I don't think... I just, I, there's something about it. You know, Malkin coming in halfway through, he's going to be ready for a push and, you know, play minutes and, and get through the grind. Yeah, I would have to go with with uh, with Pittsburgh in this one. Yeah, yeah, that uh, Penguins look good. I don't think the Rangers get enough credit. Uh, definitely, I'm a huge uh, Gerard Gallant fan. Um, that that team's built they're they're tough andrew cop going there that is a huge pickup for them sammy play got mm-hmm. in the year and they were able to figure out uh, getting someone to fill that spot later in the year and that was andrew cop so he's he's been a, he's been amazing for them and listen i mean a goalie wins vesna because of the back end and how they play defensively right i mean yeah he had a good year obviously individual but yeah we'll see what they can do but it's really hard to I bet against sid and obviously gino and you know, even the year Latang had and whatnot. Uh, you know, I think Jari's going in a bit banged up. He was injured for the last couple of games, uh, last couple of weeks actually. Was he though? He could have been. He could have not yeah. been. Right? We don't know. That could have just been. Hey, you had a big workload that we think was a big workload. Uh, you know, Burke knows what he's doing. Hextall knows what he's doing as a general manager over there. So you know, you got uh, you got experience on that side. Um, the biggest thing is it's weird. You look at a Hextall team. You look at a Berkey team. You always think heavy, tough, rugged, truculent, all that stuff. Yeah, they don't have that. Penguins just don't have it. It's weird looking at that. That could be a factor in that series too. Uh, So we'll definitely see on that. But I'm picking the Rangers in this one here. Uh, We'll move on to the Florida Panthers, Washington Capitals. Interesting to know the three games that these guys played each other, all one-goal games, Um, you know, one-goal losses. So the first game, Florida won 5-4. Washington won game two. 4-3, 4-3, and then the last uh, season, uh, last game they played um, in the season series to end it off was another 5-4 win by the by the Florida Panthers. So uh, would that be something you're looking at, Rupper? It's like, man, that's an interesting stat, one-goal games. We do look in the playoffs. A lot of games are one-goal games. But Florida this year, they were just – they were unreal offensively. So do you think that offensive uh, power that they have can continue in this series, or do you, you think this will be a close series at all? I think it's going to be close, but it's playoffs. It's going to be closer yeah. than I think people, you know, I, I there's probably a, a bunch of people out there that are Florida's going to the cup final. No problem. Right. Who's Florida's goalie again? They got Brabowski, right? He's going to be the goaltender for the records. So. I know. I just wanted somebody else to say that because yeah. how many lives does this guy have? Yeah, he's right? got a lot. Man. <laughs> I've like, never seen a, a dude. I've never seen a dude. Vesnas get written off, win Vesnas, take teams to like I've never seen a goalie like that in my life. And and it's just it's awesome to see he's he's on his like fourth wind. Yeah. Um you know but Washington, man, you know, you have the same thing with Boston. You have these guys that have been to cups, they've won cups, they know what it takes. And they're heavy. That's a heavy hockey team, right? Yeah. If Ovi's banging in the playoffs, that's your captain at his age. How do you not join in and do the same, right? Correct. So you mentioned it. The regular season was one, were one goal games. It's the same thing, man. Playoff. Throw the regular season out. Yeah. It, 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 this is playoff time. It's playoff hockey. And you know what? I'm picking Washington to win this. Yeah. Wow, an upset. There we go. We got our first upset prediction in the in the on the pod tonight. 
Uh, Vandy, your thoughts on this series? Well, I, I'm picking Florida. I think, you know, I think what they learned last year in the playoffs, the additions they've, they've put into place on this team, they're, I mean, the depth and they, listen, that series against Tampa last year was no joke, legit playoff hockey. And that's what we all look for. I, you know, going, I know playoffs is 100% experience. I, I think you need the one or two or three guys in the room. Washington's got it right. So I, I yeah, I would. Florida's, Florida's built. They're ready. They're, they're this is their time. I don't know if they'll make it to the final, but, but yeah, I'm going Florida. Yeah, Florida for here. Yeah, I'm gonna go the Panthers too. Um, you know, I think they finally get over that hurdle. They got the longest playoff drought of not winning a series right now going in, and uh, you know, I think they finally get off the Schneid. And uh, Andrew Brunette's done an amazing job stepping in for Joel Quenville, so I think they'll do. They'll get over the hump here. So. Um, all right, we'll finish off on the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. The first time since Toronto's had home ice advantage in 2004. Oddly enough, the last time they won a playoff series was 2004. Um, so they got home ice going in. Um, we talked about it with Stoff. First time, you know, in two years, the Leafs are going to have fans uh, at games in Canada. But... Yeah, but do the fans, do they make a difference in Toronto? Well, I hope they do, but... You would hope they do, but... Uh, I think we kind of see where this one's all going to go in general. Um, unfortunately, you know, Hart says uh, Leafs want to win, but uh, you know, the hockey mind and all that, uh, all that, it's it's going to be a tough one. And I think Tampa probably wins this one in six. And I think the biggest thing is uh, maybe it could be a factor for Leafs. We touched on it with Stoff. Is the, you know, is is that factor of uh, Tampa Bay doesn't really have that shutdown line like they had before. But Vandy, thoughts on you on this series? Oh, it's. We talked about it earlier. It's no different than if if Vegas got in and LA didn't. I think Edmonton and Toronto are kind of under the same boat where you just you, the worst possible matchup. Yeah. On paper, right? You on still got to play the game. Sure. Yeah. I just I don't know if Toronto has that that push back and Simmons and and and, and uh, Clifford. Yeah, they they're two guys. Where, he's won a cup. He's won two with the Kings, right? He's got the experience. Yeah, um, yeah, one hundred percent. But I mean, but that's a fourth line guy. Simmons did say in the media, Tampa has six of those guys, right? Yeah, you know well, what I mean? Yeah, they got well. Look at uh, look at cool. uh, look at Patrick Maroon, right? And I think uh, now, Van, now, Rupert, do you think this comments first? So Wayne Simmons said a couple of days ago before the season ended, he said playoff series are won and lost by your third and fourth line players. What would you say to that? I think he's pretty close. Yeah. Right? Because how your one and two are getting matched up always. And if those lines can shut them down. And look at look at Winnipeg against Edmonton last year. Mm-hmm. What line won that? Who tell me that tell me the line. Healers? Was caught. It was cop, the cop line. Yeah, yeah. that line Lowry, was cop and Mason Allen. Yeah, it, it was they they shut down and they put pucks in the net. Right. So if you're doing that, you're gonna win the series. If you shut down that team's first or second line, plus you're they were dominant. I'm sorry to say, like, and I'm from Edmonton, and I get it. There was no, no, there it was no fans and this and that, but. I, I, I said it to a few people, you know, on chats and this, and I'm like, this line is absolutely dominating. So, hey, if, if Toronto can come out and do that, great. But you guys said that I just called the first upset. I think if Toronto beats Tampa, that's the biggest upset in all of the playoffs. Correct. Yeah, any from... Being flat out honest. I mean, they're, 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 they're the back-to-back champs. And they're they're still as deep as they were both years, yeah. maybe better, which yeah. is kooky. That's absolutely kooky. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not. So it'll be an interesting series for sure. You know, you know what I do hope, and it's no different than than with the Oilers. We're going against an experienced team. What I do hope, Toronto, you know, it'd be nice to see them get through, get past the next stage. But if they don't, it is a 
knock them out, drag them out. You know, much yeah. like what yeah, Florida, yeah. what Florida was like, where they where they maybe learn. Yeah. Okay, Matthews, you're not gonna snipe your way to a seven game playoff series where where you see maybe Austin Matthews grab Braden yes. Point and and give him a thumb in the eye, or or you see sure. Marner, you see Marner give give you know Headman a, a spud in the nuts and go, all right, let's go. That's and you didn't see that last year with Toronto. There's that meme that was around in the playoffs when when uh, Ben Sherratt was punching Matthews in the face. Matthews just didn't do nothing. The guys actually. Smiling. That's what I mean. That's what you hold. Like you know, aside from a series win, Edmonton, uh, you hope that they learn that and and they they you know they they realize because you hear it all the time. You have to learn how to play playoff hockey. It's you just can't come in and. Kucherov's got a history of going over the edge a bit. You know, he was suspended in the in the series against the yeah the the, the Columbus Blue Jackets before they won the back to back cups. But uh, you know, um, it'll be an interesting series. We'll see what grab you know, like yeah, you you want to see it. Yeah, yeah, and I do think adding Giordano there um, will help out on that third pairing. But you know, he's not going to win you. He's not going to you know be the dictator of that. You know the the guy that does that series in and make sure that they win and all that, you know, it's just not going to be, it's going to be a committee for that organization and that team. And uh, I think that, you know, got to see Tavares. He had a couple games off at the end of the year. So we'll see what, what's left in the tank there. We'll move out to the West here, Colorado avalanche, Nashville predators, predators aren't going to have sorrows for the start of the series from it looks like. So that's going to be a big blow to them. If he comes in, maybe that helps things out, but it doesn't look so good right now. Um, but nothing's official on that front. But, uh, you know, Vandy, your thoughts on Colorado. You know, they have always won a series, and then they've just, that hurdle has been the second round. Here we, yeah. Is this, Here is we this go again. It's just Colorado. I, I, I mean, Colorado, I don't – I think Nashville's rink is going to play a factor, but other than that, I, Colorado's got too much to prove this year. Yeah. They're, I mean, McKinnon, I'm going to say it until he wins. <laughs> He's hungry for one. I think the addition of a Cogliano to that lineup. Let's hope Kadri has learned his lesson. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, all eyes are going to be on him, right? Yeah. See if he crosses so, the line. He's done. Uh, Colorado's, yeah. Colorado's got this series. It's yeah. it's a no. Yeah. Not a gimme, but as close to one as you'll get. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, Rupper, you know, a lot of uh, a great, a lot of great players on Nashville had a great year. You know, uh, two forty goal players. They never had that in their franchise before. Um, I always kind of joke. We did that there was a, on Twitter. There, I would say Fiddler was a forty goal guy. He got you, te- he got you twenty sometimes, and then he d- he stopped twenty going in the net. So maybe he was a forty goal scorer, friend of the pod. But, <laughs> um, just the fact that they had a good year up there. Um, you know, the year that. Uh, Roman Yossi had uh, probably going to win the Norris, but you know this series for, probably he probably will. He should win it. Like the, what this guy did is unreal. The quiet, yeah, hundred points did he get? Uh, I think it was around. It was like ninety six or ninety seven. Whatever or the quietest ninety six points by a defenseman yeah. ever. It was it was nuts. Um, yeah, sorry, so, boss. Go ahead. No, 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 no. He yeah, and that was the thing is like. He had the 90-point season, and then everyone looks at the plus-minus, and he was a plus-13. But, hey, man, this guy, this guy's a beast. Uh, we've had Matt Benning on the pod. Friend of, like, we got a little bit of a, a Nashville connection to our, to our podcast here. Uh, but, Rupp, are your thoughts on, uh, on this matchup going in? I, I, I have Colorado coming out of the West. Um, I think it's their year. I think this series would have been a little bit if – um, Saros, the goal, Saros injury, right? I think it's a high ankle sprain or something. He might not even play. Like, exactly. like, yeah, he might be done for the playoffs. Say they advance, which I don't think they are, but he might be done. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. They're just you have so many weapons on that team. Um, you got McKinnon that it's an he's an absolute playoff monster. I don't care what people say if they don't get past this guy's he takes the team on his back and he's just an absolute pleasure to watch in the playoffs. You got Makar who, you know, I, I made a comment today with some buddies that I think he's the best defenseman or however you want to word it since Bobby Orr. Yeah. Like there's not somebody that you've seen 
since Bob, you are on the back end. It's blowing your mind. Changing the game. Sure. The defense, right? Like it's just, yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, You know, Kemper coming over, he's had a solid year and not just, not just, you got, uh, is it Devin, is his name Devin Taves? Taves? Devin yeah. Is that yep. his first name? Yep, yep. Right? Like, he had a hell of a year, too. Like, that. Th- this is the thing. Yeah. Brody loves him. He's unbelievable. And, and it's just from, from, top to bo- from top to bottom, I just think they're the team to beat out of the West. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup for sure uh, for Nashville to be in there in that series with uh, all the weapons that Colorado has. Uh, we'll move on to and I and I think Colorado wins. So in that one, we'll move on to the Western, uh, Western, the second Western Conference team here, the Minnesota Wild, the St. Louis Blues. In the season series, St. Louis went three and zero against them. Again, we know uh, as we've, we've talked about already on the pod about you know matchups in the regular season don't mean probably not too much or anything at all in the playoffs. It's a clean slate. But uh, I think this is going to be big boy hockey, guys. I think this is going to be a knock em out, slag em out kind of series. These both these teams got some some heavy hitters on their side. Uh, what a year, you know, Minnesota played. They're they're different than the Minnesota Wild that we all know, all known for so long. Uh, kind of play a different style. But St. Louis Blues not too long away from winning a Stanley Cup. I think St. Louis wins in this series. Is that experience? Uh, some of the ads that they made. I think Nick Letty on the back end. He's a huge ad for them. Um, helping them out, they needed some help on that on that left side of the D since uh, Bowmeister uh, retired. So, you know, thoughts on this series, uh, Vandy? Uh, St. Louis. I think this is a series where the regular season dictates what's happening in the play. I don't think anything changes. I think St. Louis, with the experience um, that they have, and and you know, they want to get back on top again, and they want to prove that. You know, because of the players we lost or whatever, it was no fluke that we made it there. So yeah, yeah, they, they're they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs, and I think they're they're, they're going to get by Minnesota. I think Minnesota's going to learn how to play that. I mean, they're slowly or not slowly, I guess, but the Bill Guerin style of hockey, and that's Bill Guerin's building a culture. I think what we can we can take from these sixteen teams is there's a culture being formed. Inside the order. In, in in all these these uh, these teams, and that's you know Bill Guerin, uh, Brendan Moore in, in Carolina. They're building culture, you know, and it's a copycat league. Yeah, yeah. And but yeah, St. Louis gets St. Yeah. Louis gets past Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Rupper, your thoughts on this series, and do you think it should be Talbot or Flurry starting for the Minnesota Wild? I think Flurry. It looks like it's going to be Talbot from what we see. Yeah, I, I, I think Fleury should start. That's just my opinion. Who am I? Yeah. Just a guy living in St. Albert. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, clean water. Clean water, fresh yeah. air, green grass. It's like, it's, like the, it's like the Shire from Lord of the Rings, to be quite honest with you. Um, but I think Minnesota gets it done. Um, there was that uh, game against Edmonton. They had that little altercation with against uh, Kane, Evander Kane, and I saw you know five guys step in. I like that. I like to see that kind of stuff. Uh, I think they're built for the playoffs, uh, and I have them. I have them coming out of that series. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll move on. Who'd you pick? Who'd you take, Bosco? Uh, I'm taking in this one St. Louis, so that that's my pick. I think the St. Louis Blues win. I I like I've always liked St. Louis. I've always loved that the way that organization plays, and you know, uh, you know, David Perron, the type of player he is, Ryan O'Reilly. Just there's too many good vets there, in my opinion, that uh, that just know how to win, know how to get it done. Um, you know, the goaltending is what it is there. You know, like, like I can't go, can't complain with. Uh, Billy Huso or Jordan Bennington, you know, Bennington had a bit of a rough year. He had a good start, then kind of dwelled down and then kind of had a little bit of a better second half uh, last, you know, five or six games or so there. Um, so we'll see who, the, who who gets the nod. It'll probably be Huso, but, uh, you know, Burube, he's a good coach, um, you know, but I think this one, this one's going to go seven in my opinion. And, you know, I think, I think St. Louis wins it. Uh, Nash, uh, Minnesota has home ice advantage. Um uh, all right, we'll finish up on the Calgary Flames series here, and then we'll get to our interview with Bob Stoffer as we break down that series and give our predictions in that one. Um, 
say, you know, the the stars, as you touched on, Rupper, um, they were negative on the on the you know on the goal differential. I believe you were saying earlier in the pod, or as we get to this interview with Stoff. So that's going to be interesting to see. You know, they got that pedigree. They did go to a cup final. Joel Pavelski just keeps on getting it done. Uh, he's a hell of a player. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, the, the Flames they do have that big that big top line. They produce a lot, uh, but they do got some balance. You know, and they're not going to have Sean Monahan in the playoffs at all. Um, but you know, well, Kluge could be a big factor. I know he had one goal in his last like 41 games of the year, but a uh, good friend of the pod. He's a playoff type hockey player. These guys play t- playoff type hockey. I got the Flames in this one. Uh, Rupper, who do you have? I have the Flames. Yeah. Unbelievable goaltending. Luch looked like a man possessed the last little that bit. That was unbelievable. <laughs> he, he, you know, like. He knows how to turn. If, I'll be flat out honest with you. If I wasn't such a huge Colorado fan, I'd have the Flames going to the cup final. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think from the, they're, they have what it takes right look at look at them in the regular season and i listen i know i might be contradicting myself saying hey the regular season doesn't mean nothing but i feel like i was watching a playoff team right then right and they have markstrom matt wins championships and so i got calgary coming out of this it's sorry dallas a little bit long in the tooth man yeah yeah they just have been uh not the, not the same for sure, um, and that's a team that's just been so unpredictable, right, Vandy? They just you watch Dallas, it's oh. just a good straight good string of games, and then it's just like boom, it's like whoa, where did this team just go for a while here? It's just right off the deep end for a bit. So Jekyll and Hyde team for sure, but you know your thoughts on this matchup? You love yeah, they got the yeah, they got players. the you love the, the Sutter family, all that stuff, right? They got the talent, but they just for some reason can't put it together. Yeah. Uh, no, this is a no-brainer. Flames are gonna like, they're gonna walk. Yeah, this is the this is the easiest pick out of all yeah. eight of them. Yeah. And man, wouldn't it be beautiful to see the Edmonton Calgary? Oh yeah, let's oh. hope that would be incredible. The wagon hockey for sure, right? Oh my God, just like it, 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 I mean, we can't put it back to what it was. No, but. It would be damn close for our kids hey, to experience something like that. Like, hey, it, it, the last two years in this world have shown me anything's possible. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. what if, what if Edmonton, Calgary, in this second round, and it's just, it's better than it was in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got some uh, you got some weapons on both sides of that, but that's forecasted. <laughs> yeah, a little too. We got to worry about one round first, and we'll get to the second. But uh, but it's yeah, it's gonna be fun, boys. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, we'll finish up on that. We'll head to our interview with Bob Stoffer as we break down the LA Kings versus the Edmonton Oilers series. We will give our predictions there. So everyone enjoy that interview. Uh, final thoughts before we head to there. Um, we'll be back with a podcast later this week. But uh, Rupper, Van, do you guys have anything to add before we head on to our interview with Bob Stoffer? Play La Bamba. Play La Bamba. All right. <laughs> when you hire a contractor, you want things to go smooth. Smooth as a driveway poured by Pete's Concrete. You want a solid guarantee. Solid as a basement floor by Pete's Concrete. You want Pete. Pete's Concrete. For sidewalks, patios, your leaky basement, Pete lays his reputation down with every job, and he offers you finishes and colors you won't find anywhere else. You want someone who proudly puts their name on the work they do. Pete puts his name in concrete. Pete's Concrete. Our next guest is a color commentator for the Oilers Radio Network. He's a host on Oilers now, and he's a panel on, on the panel for NHL on Hockey, uh, Hockey Night in Canada with Roger Sportsnet. Uh, we like to welcome Bob Stoffer back to the Two Months Podcast. Bob, how's it going? Good. You guys must be really struggling to get a guest if you're reaching out to me on a Sunday. <laughs> we asked Chemmer to come on, and then he went on a last minute trip to uh, to California with his wife. So you were the who's best. that? Uh, Jason Chimera. So, Chimera. oh well, there you go. I mean, he's a great guy. 
he's a he's a beauty so uh, yeah absolutely but uh, i appreciate you joining us last minute uh uh thanks for coming back on again but uh I guess uh, yeah, we'll we have a few minutes with you here tonight. Uh, looking forward to it uh, before uh, tomorrow's uh, the opening of the playoffs. Um, you know, initial thoughts on the season the Oilers had and uh, how they uh, how they're going to look going into the playoffs here. Josh, first of all, I want to ask Rupper and Clay what they think of the season. So let's start with Rupper. What did you think of the year the Oilers had? <clears throat> the the start, uh, unbelievable. I was really excited with. Uh, the pickups i'm a big duncan keith fan um you know we were getting uh i loved cc i loved uh the biggest one for me i'm a huge zach hyman fan always have always will be i love i think that's the key the oilers have been missing the last few years was that kind of that player right he you ain't gonna outwork him for a puck you're not it's damn near impossible um i am gonna be honest with you when they went on that little slide, when was that around Christmas and just after I, 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 I wrote them off because I've been in this city for 30 years and, and I just thought, here we go again. And then something for me, I started seeing, I started seeing 97 and 29 being a little bit more responsible in their own zone. And when those guys buy in, I think everybody's going to buy in and, you know, they have their little good good luck charm there. What a story that is. Um, you know, I think that just brings these guys down to earth. And, and what are they, 9-0 and with him in the building now? Or something crazy stat like that. And, you know, you, you just you just see you see a change in them. And, and I'm excited. Like, it's not a play-in series. It's an actual playoff series. And I think the sky's the limit if... The only thing that's really concerning me is what they're going to do with the goalie situation. I know uh, Smith has been hot. Uh, Koskinen's playing. I don't know how they're going to ride that situation, but that's my only kind of bugaboo with the club. Clay? Your typical hockey season, peaks and valleys, ups and downs. I think this year more than, you know, with all the additions and and subtractions and and new coach, new voice, um, I think – they, they, they kind of went through some a little bit of adversity and, and they were able to recapture what they had at the beginning of the year as opposed to, like Trev said, what we've seen where they just go into a tailspin and they can't, they can't get it back on track. So I, I, think, I think, you know, with the addition of who we got and then I think we're, we're made for, to make a little run here. Yeah, we deserve I- it. It was a guys, it was a strange season, like 16 and five to start the year. Special teams were off the charts. The five on five play was not great. Uh, and the goaltending, when the Mike Smith really wasn't available for once we got into about, you know, once we realized seven or eight games in the year that he wasn't around the fact that the team was, I remember when they beat Pittsburgh six, five, the Penguins outshot him 34, 22, the Oilers survived the first and then, David took the game over and had a goal and four points and went plus five. We flew to Seattle at 16 to five. And I remember thinking we're probably like, we've got the best winning percentage. The orders are the best winning percentage in the NHL. I don't know how good they are. I think they're a top 18. Then they go to 11 and two. They use all those defensemen. The team got hammered by COVID. They got hammered by injury. Uh, look, every team in the league goes through it uh, except Calgary. They got it all at once and they got completely shut down. Calgary hasn't dealt with any adversity. You know the old saying in life, whatever doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And I think this helped Edmonton. Now, Dave Tippett didn't survive it. Jim Playfair didn't survive it. They're a completely different team, in my opinion, than they were at the first quarter. Like, they went 16-3-2 before the loss against uh, um, against uh, Columbus. So we can do the math on that, 16-3-3, and uh, or 16-4-2, and, and then add three more wins. So 19-4-2 and in the final 25 games. And don't even resemble the team that started the year yeah. 16 and five. Not relying on special teams. It's all five on five play. Way greater depth. Kane for all of the detractors out there, the the virtue signalers that did not like him being brought in. He's been exactly what they needed. So you know, Mike Smith. I'll be honest. I was like, maybe they need to stick with Skinner here. Like maybe they need to go Skinner off Koskinen. This was in February. He's 11-0-1 with a 9.47 save percentage in his last 12 starts. They have a way better team than last year up front, a way more experienced team on defense. 
I don't know if Jonathan Quick can go 950 in a series like Connor Hellebuck did last year against Edmonton. So, you know, I, I, I respect LA, but I, I got to tell you, the year itself, 49 wins, 104 points, and the they were a top eight team in the league the final 36 games, 38 games, five on five. And Woodcroft got their bottom six guys involved. So, I, you know what? The last couple of years, you had some hopes, but they were so reliant on special teams. You wondered if it was going to bite them in the playoffs. This year, they're way better five on five. That said, they're playing a team with championship, you know, pedigree. Yeah. Right? The, LA King, the LA Kings have got Kopitar. They've got uh, Jonathan Quick. They, they, now, they don't have Drew Doughty, but they know how to win. So it's going to be a tough matchup. Yeah, it will be for sure. Are you concerned how uh, how hot uh, Jonathan Quick has come on as of late going into this series, stuff? Uh, yes and no. I mean, the one thing about Quick relative to today's goaltenders is I think he doesn't play big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm... Mm-hmm. This is a crazy matchup. I mean, Quick and Smith met 10 years ago in the Western Conference Final. That's when Dustin Penner, a truly underrated Oiler, 91 goals and, you know, not even four full seasons in Edmonton. He ended that series in game five. Um, I don't think – it's funny. I talked to somebody else in the business day, a guy that played the position, and he's not as bullish on Quick as maybe four or five years ago. Yes. Now, Mike Smith plays as deep in the crease as anybody in the league. The one thing I would say about LA, Smith's puck handling ability gets mitigated because LA does not hard four check. They don't play a press, right? Like they play a one three one. Uh, like San, uh, San Jose is trying to copy Tampa Bay in that one one three. Colorado comes at you, they're two one two. Minnesota comes in and tries to knock the crap out of you with a hard two one two. And those are the teams that Edmonton struggled with. Calgary can four check, you know, and 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 they can get after you. And they play an aggressive, those, you know, Calgary and Minnesota, look at Edmonton's record in the second half against them. They had some challenges now. They started Koskinen in a couple of those games, doesn't handle the puck as well as Smith. Yeah. But I think the puck handling against LA will be less of an issue because they have more passive for Jack. Yeah. And, uh, you know, going in, you know, tonight, obviously on TSN, had they had their preview show. Uh, Noodles kind of, he hinted at more and his feel was more going towards quick in this. But Kevin Weeks and Martin Brion were on uh, the goalie panel and they went with Smith. Um, you know, in one of the things James, De- James Duthie talked about. And it's kind of interesting. I didn't know this stat, but obviously Drysaddle had a bit of a rough goal in the four games against L.A. And what we saw with Deneau did, um, you know, I'm a Leaf fan. Uh, Deneau shut down Austin Matthews last year. Then he shut down Shifley. Then he shut down Stone. Um, this matchup, uh, you know, do you see Deneau going against Drysaddle in this series? Or do you see Kopitar going against them? Oh, I think L.A. wants to get Kopitar against uh, against Drysaddle, and they want to get Dano against McDavid. You know, Dano is uh, he's a good fate. I think you know. You talked about uh, Trevor. You talked about the addition of Hyman and what he's meant to the Oilers, and he's a real good free agent signing. L.A. made the biggest offseason move. Philip Dano, I think, single handedly accelerated their rebuild process. I don't think they were supposed to be. You know, I, I mean, I I still you know I know a couple of people pretty well in that organization. They're way ahead of the curve of where they're supposed to be. Um, and Dano helped make that happen. But I think if I'm Todd McClellan, I want Dano going against McDavid. Yeah. And I want power on power, Kopitar going against Drysaddle. But there's a catch with how Jay Woodcroft coaches the team. And it might have a little to do with Darnell Nurse. I could foresee Edmonton going 11 and 7 and trying to get McDavid out occasionally against LA's third pairing. And don't forget the Kings don't have Drew Doughty. Like yeah. to me, that gets extra minutes for McDavid away from one of those two guys. I think the Kings tried to get uh, Kopitar up against Doughty. And when Woodcroft was able to flip the script there, I think Kopitar had challenges with McDavid's speed, right? And it makes sense. He's, he's in his mid-30s now. He was in 05. Like, look at that's a completely different player, but Derek Ryan at center versus Derek Ryan at right wing. Derek doesn't have the foot speed on a regular basis to play 12 to 14 minutes a game as a third-line center. Now the Oilers' third-line center is Nugent Hopkins, and even McLeod is a fourth-line center. I think Edmonton's got the advantage in center. Yeah. But I think they're going to be able to create some mismatches as a result of that. So I think if you're Todd, you want Kopitar going against uh, Drysaddle, and you want Deneau going against McDavid, and I think Jay's going to try to stay away from that. Uh, Vandy, you had a question you were going to ask there? Or touch on something? No, I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, it, it, um, 
the the speed of McDavid versus Kopitar, you, you don't you don't want that. And I think that was all I was just going to say. But yeah, yeah. Any questions for you there, Rupper? No. What Bobo? What uh? What do you think? What's your call on this series? Six Edmonton and six. Um, I, I LA is not a bad road team, and they can play a road style. The Oilers won the two games in LA. Yeah. So I think it's going to go six. I could see Edmonton, like, you know, I'm not going to come on as an Oilers broadcaster when Edmonton finishes five points ahead of LA in the regular season and closes the year 19, four and two and say the Oilers aren't going to win the series. I think they're going to win the series. I thought Edmonton, you know what? I, I knew some of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes with the Chicago play. Like here's the other thing throughout the last two years. Yeah. What wasn't there the last two years that factor that factors in this year or who Fans. was Fans. Fans? yeah home ice advantage meant nothing to Edmonton either of those two years if anything it worked against them in the Winnipeg series and I mean I I wasn't even in the building for Chicago and Edmonton because we weren't in the building we were calling those games yeah. the, ne- the next year we were in the building for Winnipeg and you could hear you know you can hear a guy fart on the ice. That's so quiet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like you heard every possible comment. And so it, it's going to be completely different and fans can pick teams up and the Oilers oh. fans are knowledgeable and they're not super loud with the exception of Saturday night games and, and maybe Friday late starts in the regular season, <laughs> but they're yeah. crazy in the playoffs. And they like, I think back to San Jose game two, San Jose game five, there were moments in both those games, the Oilers were having tough times and the fans elevated the team coming back for game six against Anaheim. Remember they squandered the three, nothing lead and lost four, three and double overtime. It was the fans out of the gate that, that, that you know what? And I think that matters. I really do. I, I, I do think that it's going to, it's going to help Edmonton. And you know, they, the reality is Oilers fans are all in come playoff time and it's a different, they become fans again. They're, you know what? It's almost like there's a certain segment. They know the game so well, you know, like you guys are sitting there doing the show. You guys could all be hosting shows in US markets. Like that's just, I know the caliber of guys in those markets. Yeah. And I know they don't have the same background in the game. They, they morph like they could do college football better than you, or they could do NFL or major league baseball or NBA. They don't know hockey the way you guys do. And the fans extend that metaphor for the fans, right? Like the fans know the game. So in season they're, they're watching, but entertaining, but in the playoffs, they're all in, right? Like they're, you know, what deep in the, and And that's a big two years. Right. Last think about that. Right, they, they haven't crazy. had a playoff game to, to watch in the building. They're going to play a factor in this series, and that's going to help Edmonton. Yeah, it's going to be off the rocker. Like you called me last week, stuff, and yeah, and that was something you touched on. And I was talking to before you jumped on here. I was talking to Vandy about it, and it's just crazy to think that you know, like we're just saying, Vandy, it's been two years, and it's been two years since you had no fans, and you know, this team is not far removed from what they did in the playoffs with fans. Uh, you know, they're still and they got a better, deeper team. And they do. And that's the point. It's, it's scary. Um, you know, Drysaddle made the comment about 10 games ago. I wouldn't want to face this in the playoffs. I think that that comment is going to, is going to look very good in the playoffs. I, you know, this, there's a potential. We don't want to look too far ahead because Calgary's got their workout cut out for them too. But the fact that this could be a second round battle of Alberta, what this will do for Alberta, the economy, the game, everything it's, it, it could be unreal, but obviously you got to finish your work first, but um, what is your biggest, if there is a biggest worry stuff in this series, or is there anything you're concerned about? Uh, nurse's health, um, you know, are you, do you like the mat, the, the 11 and seven matchup? Obviously, you know, you've seen Cooper do it before in Tampa Bay and it's worked out wonders for Tampa Bay, but you know, it hasn't he been doing it all year? Sorry. Also, like, he has. He yeah, has for a good since job. he came on board. Yeah, and I, I think it's brilliant. Stoff has stats on everything. So he probably has these stats already. Correct. Go with the record <laughs> is with 11 and 7. But what's the what's what's the greatest form of uh, flattery? Right? Is when you sit it, there and steal something. That imitation, works something, right? Yeah. Right? Imitation is the greatest. There you go. Yeah. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And, um, yeah, as for Darnell, he's like, if, if you guys had been at the practice today, they did a two-on-two compete drill. Okay, there's always purposes in all the drills that Jay does. 
so there's teaching mode moments, but it, it it's always focused with competitiveness. There's no way if he was still a ways away that he would have been participating in a full bore two on two compete drill. Like he was, he was in there. So, I mean, he's playing games in this series, no matter what, that's a slam dunk. I would, if I were the orders, I would start seven tomorrow. I would go seven D tomorrow. And, uh, and then see how, I mean, the other thing that most people, uh, you guys are acutely aware of like Darnell was playing 26 minutes a game under Dave Tippett and Jim Playfair. He's playing 23 minutes a game under this coaching staff and the addition of Kulak and I'll be the first to admit to it. Like there's been times like you're not going to be right all the time. I saw Reinhardt play in, in, in with the oil Kings. And I, and I remember Craig button on my show said the Oilers should trade the third overall pick in 2014 for Griffin Reinhardt, who was the fourth overall pick in the 2012. And I, now you guys know who the Oilers took third overall in 2014. Leon, Leon, yeah. right? So I remember thinking, like, when Edmonton made that trade, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Reinhardt's going to be a player. Okay. So I was now, what I didn't know was that was that he was not committed. Okay. That, that was the biggest thing. And because he wasn't committed, he wasn't prepared to do the work to take the steps necessary to play in the NHL. Yeah. So that's when I, that's when I changed how. When I look at players for the WHL, I talk to the former Alberta Golden Bear guys that are coaching and managing those teams. I don't ask them about their players. I ask them about players on opposition teams. Give me their, don't, don't be asked me, give me, and, and the point I'm making this is I was wrong about Reinhardt. Now I wouldn't have given up two picks. Like I initially was under the impression it was just going to be a first rounder at 16, but I was wrong on Reinhardt. Um, I was right on Leon. Okay. Like I believe Leon, I, I actually, well, I was wrong on Leon. Cause I thought he could be 25 goals, 75 points. I didn't think he could be 55 goals and 110 points. So I, but I did think he was going to be pretty good, but with Kulak, when the owners made that trade, I was like, it's an awful lot to give up. Well, yeah. you know what? The, the one thing about defense experience matters. It does. Like last year they had Caleb Jones, uh, Ethan bear and Adam Lars. Okay. Yeah. This because they had Nurse last year and they had Russell or Cuckoo in their third pairing on the left side, and their right side last year was uh, Bear, Bear Larson and Barry. So they still got Barry and they still got Nurse, but look what they got on the left side now. Like they've got uh, 1,250 games of Keith. They got I don't know what Kulak's got to be up around 375 400 games. CC has replaced Larson. He, he's over. You know, he's close to 600 games. And I'm, I'm sorry, but Bear has never had a 12-goal, 43-point season where he's top 10 in the NHL, five-on-five defense score. Bouchard's better than him and bigger. So their D is way better. But I, the point I'm making is there's times I thought I was going to be right and I've been wrong. And on Kulak, I didn't think he'd be as – I'm wrong on him. Like, I thought, okay, nice pickup. Now I'm at the stage where it's like, good pickup. They have to contemplate – freaking sign on this guy because yeah. he's he's yeah. a pretty good player like he's a he's yeah. like you know i know the agency was looking like for four years times two million for the canadians and i'm like if the owners can somehow get him to shave a little off that and do like a three-year term because you need experience on defense rookie defense make mistakes yeah. the more experienced guys they know when to punt they know when they're under duress how to there's little things like Veteran defensemen don't get caught on their backhand a lot when they're carrying the puck. You know, backhand's a bad place for a veteran D-man to be because you're going to puke the puck up, or especially young D-man. Yeah. So find a way to stay in your forehand, right? Like not everybody's dry settle. It can make plays on your on your uh, on your backhand. So I think Edmonton's experience is on the backhand is, and they've got. I mean, look at the left side, the, the three left wingers: Hyman, Kane, Fogel. Like, like Devin Shore was in the Oilers' top nine against Winnipeg last year in that triple overtime game. He's not playing tomorrow, guys. He's not in. Yeah. If we go, if they go eleven and seven, even if they went twelve, I don't think Shore would play. That tells you something about the the, the added depth and the added experience on the back end. Yeah. Uh, we'll finish up on this one. Uh, hey, hang on, sorry. I, I, I want to. So, how do you Bouchard being? I mean, this is going to be his first playoff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Do you think going eleven seven is the way to go? Yes. That way you can you can hide them and obviously. Well, I think you play them with. You don't 
like you not guys hide don't... him, not hide him. All right, him, so Clay, do you know how so do you know how many minutes he was playing under uh Tippett and Playfair? No, he's playing no. 21 minutes a game. Yeah, do you know how many minutes do you know how many minutes a game he's playing under uh Woodcroft and uh Manson? 17. I don't think okay. you nailed it. 17. Oh, okay. The biggest minutes drop is not with Nurse, who's down three minutes, it's with Bouchard. Yeah. And, and, Bouchard, and, and yeah. Bouchard's gone plus 11 in his final seven games of the year to close out the season. Yeah, they absolutely. Should, they, and they got him with Keith. You got a 1,250 game NHL yeah. after regular season. Now there, I don't know how many, he's, I mean, he's had three Stanley Cup runs, so he's got at least 60 games in those three years. I would say he's probably played 150 playoff games. Like that's the guy to play with him. So you told me that earlier this year when we chatted stuff. I think you were like, I, it was driving me nuts that they yeah, were playing. You were telling me just switch those right defensemen with each other, and 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 you like, know, why would you have Keith and CC together for eighteen hundred games, and then you're sitting there playing, uh, you know, you're playing Nurse and and Boosh together, but that means Boosh has to play twenty one <laughs> or twenty two minutes, which means he gets the tougher defensive matchups at times. Yeah. Bring him along a little bit slowly. He'll get there in two or three years, but not right away. Yeah. And that was my final thought is what Madsen has done with that back end, uh, you know, since they've taken over. And it's been pretty good. And obviously you guys touched on it there. I don't know if you have any final thoughts on that before we uh, sign off with you here. Well, well, I just want to know who you guys are taking out. So, Trevor, who are you taking out of the East? Who are you taking out of the West? Out of the East, I'm going to go Carolina. And out of the West, Colorado. Okay. Clay? Um, I'm going Pittsburgh out of the East. Oof. And uh, who did I have here? Sorry, I'm looking at my notes. I have uh, St. Louis out of the West. So, Josh, are you going with the Leafs out of the East? No, I'm going with the, I'm going with the Rangers out of the East. Ah. I think the Rangers will do it. I don't think we get enough love. Um, their playoff hockey, and I'm going Calgary out of the West. Okay. Um, to me, it's I, I, I'm not going to be as brave as any of you. I mean, you guys are making gutsier picks. Like, gosh, it's the worst matchup for Toronto, Tampa Bay. Oh, I, I really, <laughs> we were talking about that. They got it. They got a championship chin. Like they know how to win. They've got and I mean, look at the goalie matchup. Vasilevsky's a top three goaltender in the world. Yeah. That's won two cups. The Leafs, who are they going? Were they going with Campbell? I guess they're going with Campbell. Yeah. They've and they've they've rebuilt, restructured that third line. You know, last year they had Gord there and Goodrow and uh, Coleman. All those guys got paid in the offseason. So they went out and got Hagel, who's a hardworking little rat on the ice. You love him. Uh blown how you know that's that's one where Oilers had to be more on top of it. They missed a guy from Mournville, you know, right underneath their own nose playing a red deer. Yeah. So they got Hagel. Um, who else? Nick, they added a Paul. Got Nick Paul. Yeah, Nick Paul, who I love. Hey, for, for the record, I had Tampa. And I'm not saying that because he's, I, I was looking at who would win the first round. Yeah, I'm taking Tampa. I'm, okay, I'm taking Tampa out of the East. I'd love to see the Oilers get there. Colorado's going to be uh, awfully tough to beat. Yeah, They're yeah. deep. And, and they haven't had anything to play for, and they're going to get guys back. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Toronto might not even last seven games. This might be one of those series where they don't get that. Uh... What happens then, Josh? Well, it, well that it, yeah. what happens then is is unfortunate. Uh, there might even be a higher change change of uh, direction at the top, and that might be the last time we see Brendan Shanahan. That might be the last time you see Kyle Dubas. Um, you know, there's probably a chance maybe Nylander's traded, but I do think the the change will happen at in inside the organization at the top. Um, unfortunately it's, it's, it's the shitty part of the business, but six years in a row of, of that misery with kind of that kind of leadership under that realm. It's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be on the players on there. Um, you know, they're, I don't think they're built to even stand a chance against Tampa Bay when it comes to like Sheldon Key said it today, it's going to be a violent and physical series and Tampa Bay led last year's playoffs in the two years in a, two years in a row with scrums after the whistle in your face so i don't think toronto has that like clifford and simmons can't do that every night it's gonna get tiring after a while um do i think giordano has helped out huge Tim timothy lilligren's come on but that's your third pairing um the one thing that concerns me where toronto could win is that tampa doesn't have that shutdown line like they had with Goodrow. Yeah. Coleman and Gord, and maybe that goes in Toronto's favor. That's the only thing that I can see that why, might be the reason why they win 
And hey, you know what? Crazier things have happened in the game, and maybe the you just got to get there, boys. Maybe you just got to get there. Oh six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and maybe the misery is just getting over that hump. And uh, and whoever who who better to get get over that hump with against is the two, the two time defending Stanley Cup champions and what yep. that could do for an organization. And you know, but again, Matt uh, Marner no goals in his last eighteen playoff games. Matthews one one goal in his last seven. Um, those numbers got to change. Uh, I'm concerned about the foot speed for Tavares. Uh, he looked really sluggish towards the end of the year. Um, it looks like that's the reason why they gave him two games off, but, uh, we'll see that's the problem with Toronto. And you said to this, Bob, if someone can, if these, if this roster can stay in the series, cause I do think if Kadri stays in at least one of those two series, they win. Great. And the last two years when they've lost Muzzin against Columbus and they lost Muzzin, uh, last year, um, you know, in that first round against Toronto, that's dictated, in my opinion, the outcome of the series, which we do call the TSN turning point or whatever it is, cliche what you want. But I think that's been a big factor. I got one little side note for Toronto and Calgary. Uh, you know, Matthews is up for the heart. He's probably going to win it, I think, just judging by the, you know, the tracer fiery here. Goodrow and Calgary, great year. Matthews, uh, Marner and uh, Bunting. Bunting played 75%. Like Matthews, most common line mate, Bunting, 75% of his five-on-five minutes. 72% of the five-on-five minutes with Marner, who's a 100-point player. Goodrow, Kachuk, and Lindholm, they played 87% of the time five-on-five with one another. That means those lines, like those lines were great lines. They also shot the lights out 13% with the Calgary guys. 11 and a half percent with the uh, Toronto guys. McDavid was at 8.3 percent and still won the scoring race. And his most common line, line mate was Paul Yarby at 55 percent. He only played 25 percent of his time with Dry Settle five on five. I look at Tampa in that matchup. Guess what percent of the time? Stampos had an awesome year, broke 100 points, all that. Guess what percent of the time he played with Braden Point? Zero, right? 18%. That's it. That's nothing. 18. That means they can come at you with more than one line. Yes. Because Kut- like they put Kucherov up with Stamkos, but you still got Point, who's been huge in the playoffs. Yeah. And I just worry about any team facing Tampa knowing how and, – and, and they did add Hagel, and they did add Paul. Pretty useful pieces. I look at Calgary, and I wonder if you could shut down that first line. Do they have enough? And you look at Edmonton's loss to Winnipeg, McDavid and Drysaddle were still point-per-game players in a low-scoring series with a goalie with a 950 save percentage. But the Oilers had no juice elsewhere. And now McDavid and Drysaddle are spread out. And so I just look at those the minutes deployment and how those lines worked. I could be completely wrong. Like maybe Calgary walks straight to the final. Maybe it's Calgary and Toronto in the final. God, would that be horrible for an Oilers fan? But... <laughs> But, you know, I, I look at how they deployed their, their lines. Those lines played a factor in, in, in Matthews. Matthews is a top five player in the world, no question. I don't know if Goodrow is. He was this year. Yeah. But he also doesn't have the primary defensive responsibility on that line, and he doesn't have to go get the puck. That's Kachuk. Yeah. So I wonder, can they do they have enough juice lines to – and the fact that you mentioned Tavares, that, that, that brought it up for me. Right. Yeah. Like that's what it was. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's right. Though I got, I should mention that. So that's something to watch. That's why Carolina could go on a run. Yeah. They're deep. I think Tampa Bay's deep. Boston's now Boston play. Do they not play Carolina? Yes. Yeah. They yeah. But yeah. Right. And they've, they've flipped Hall and Pasternak. Now they have two scoring lines. Yeah. So they're going to be tough too. Yeah. All right. Stuff. Well, we had, we, we uh, took a lot of time out of your schedule. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's good talking hockey with you. you uh, the way you rattle off numbers is dumbfounding to me. I don't, oh, he's I don't a, know how you do it, man. He's the, he's the magician, man. Just remember, Clay, it's not like you could actually correct me because it's like, how would anybody well, that's know true, too. It, Trust me, I spent six hours yesterday grinding. Yeah. Like, I looked at the top seven scores in the league and the breakdown of the minutes played and who they played with. You know, like with Paul Yarby, the shooting percentage with McDavid and Paul Yarby on the ice together was 7.5%. It's below Connor's 8.2%. So, you know, like Paul Yarvey shot at less than half the rate that he shot at last year when he scored 15 goals in 56 games. Yeah. Like he might be a guy that gets goes on a hot streak. I don't know if he can. I worry about his puck skills at times. 
but uh, you know you do you do a lot of research on the numbers face-off percentage like Leon's face-off percentage dropped in the final 20 games I think that affected him a bit five on five he's playing through a little bit of an injury so it was good that he got a little bit of a break in the last couple of days and so and I'll and I'll leave you with, there's two numbers that matter coaches will tell you goal differential save percentage yeah. tells you everything you need to know okay mm-hmm. Oilers were second in the league in goals differential from when Woodcroft took over plus 40 and third in the league in save percentage at 915 and I know you I, I don't know uh, Clay and Trevor, if you guys listen to letters now, but I know Josh catches it once in a while. And uh, I said when the coaching change was made, they were at 897. I said, if they get to 905, they, they're locked to make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, guess what? They went 915 in their final 38 games, and that got them to 905. It's unbelievable. Like, there were two teams in the top 12 in, in uh, save percentage that didn't make the playoffs, right? And that was the Islanders and the Canucks. I'm actually trying to figure out how Vancouver didn't make it because their goal differential was way better than Dallas's. Their save percentage Dallas was negative. I know that. There you go. <laughs> like every coach will tell you the truest indicators are uh, goal differential and save percentage. And those numbers for Edmonton, they were cooking in oil the final 38 games. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Doc. So it's well for oil fans. Well, we'll see. Yes. You guys can reach out anytime. Okay. Perfect. Take care. Bye, See you guys. See you later. See you, Scott.